If we're going to meet our workforce needs, we may need to bring in people who are new to farming. That means people who may never have stepped foot on a farm or worn a pair of gumboots, can't back a trailer, and possibly can't tell a cow from a bull. This can bring real challenges. For those who haven't grown up on a farm and have never worked in that environment, it can be a major culture shock that leaves them wondering what they've walked into. Often they hightail it back to where they came from before long. So we thought it might be useful and interesting to hear from someone new to dairy farming, someone who came from an urban background. What's it like coming into the sector fresh? What can we do to make it a softer landing for these newbies and increase our chances of them succeeding and remaining with you? What can we learn from seeing dairy farming through the eyes of a new employee? Step on up John Gibson, who's in his second season of dairying and has just taken on a 2IC role in Tapahu, west of Hamilton. John will share his story of leaving behind work in retail and in the government down in Wellington to work on a dairy farm. You'll hear the good, the bad and the funny, as well as why he decided to make the lifestyle change to dairy farming. My name's Ben Chapman-Smith and this is episode 47 of Talking Dairy. Hey, awesome, John. Well, mate, thank you so much for uh, giving up your time to, to be here with us on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks. Tell us about your background. So originally I was from Nelson and Blenheim. I grew up there. And um, as far as employment background goes, I started off in retail sales. I was a salesperson for uh, Dick Smith. Went into retail management in that same job. But I've kind of done a bit of a broad range of things. So I went from there into property management, which I did for a couple of years. And from property management into politics. So I worked in parliament for also probably just about two years, I would say, and uh, left parliament, went into much the same. So I was back into retail management, which I quite enjoyed. And from there, through a bit of a chance encounter, I uh, made my way into dairy farming. Just quickly, what did you do in parliament? So I was an executive assistant to an MP. I mean, it's obviously an administrative role in parliament. It's a bit different. You kind of cover a whole broad range of things. As, as you obviously work for an MP in Parliament um, who works for a party. So we had, I think, two or three portfolios and yeah, we just worked on that. Okay. So what attracted you to the farm? <laughs> so as I say, it, it, it was a bit of a chance encounter, um, perhaps by design by the person I encountered. Uh, someone I used to work with in Parliament had moved up to the Waikato uh, to be involved in the dairy industry. And once I left Parliament, went back into retail management, he'd he kind of knew that I was looking for something that I could grow in and he'd said to me, you know, why don't you come up and I'll get you a job on a farm and, and you can give it a try. And I said, um, no, <laughs> I said, are you joking? <laughs> Farming? Me? Because, you know, I'm, I'm the guy, you know, who's polar opposite of a farmer really. And so he probably tried for three or four months to get me to make that move. But he found the winning combination when he took me out to a bar bought me many beers <laughs> until I eventually said, oh, yeah, no, that, that sounds good. I think what probably originally attracted me to it was he was really good at explaining the potential growth that you can have in, in the farming industry. So it's not just obviously working on a farm, but whilst you're working on a farm, you might find that you're really into animal health stuff. So you can then branch out into perhaps more of a um, veterinary industry, or you might find out that you're really into driving tractors. You like the mechanics side of things. So farming is so, sort of an avenue, I guess, to branch off into a million different things. And I, I really love the idea of that. Mm, okay. So John, had you spent any time on a farm before? I can tell you that I had spent no time at all on a farm. 
the day I came up for my farm walk was actually the first time I'd ever stepped foot on a farm. Yeah. So I'd done plenty of outdoor stuff. You know, I was really into my hunting and fishing, but I could not have even started to explain anything about a farm. So I didn't understand any of of the terminology. No idea what a real and standard was. Had never driven a manual car. So someone trying to talk to me about what a clutch is and a tractor, I was, had nothing, nothing at all. Really strange coming into the industry like that. I could tell immediately that there were a lot of awesome resources to use, but that there were gaps. Probably the best way to explain it is the 1% gap. You know, when you have someone who's as fresh as I am and you're trying to explain to them how to do a job in an industry they have never set foot in, there is probably 99% of information given to you. And then there's 1% that the farmer just doesn't even think to explain because to them it's so obvious. And you don't think to ask because you don't know. So it's a very, very interesting experience. But not knowing that 1% is pretty crucial for you, yeah? It's so crucial. I mean, give you an an example. I was asked, I think on my third day or fourth day, to set up a break. And the boss I had at the time explained to me how a reel works. And I got the hang of that and putting the standard in the ground. You know, that was all, all, all fine. So I went and I did that and I stood back and I went... It's a good job, John. You've, you've done well. And the next morning I came in to milk and they were all a bit late to the shed and they said, oh, so John, the cows were all through the paddock. And I went, oh, you're joking. And they said, yeah. Did you put the reel on the hot wire? And I went, aren't all the wires hot? <laughs> you know, because it's just that little bit that they didn't think to say because it was, you know, why would I not know that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. One thing that there is about farming as well is that there's, there's common sense. And then there's farm common sense. And it's just as if you were to step into politics if you had no experience in politics, just as if you as if you were going to step into sales with no ex- experience in sales. There is an element that can be taught to you. And then there is an element that through doing the things that are taught to you, you gain just a feeling for it. So someone who's just starting to drive a manual car is thinking about every aspect of it, trying to do it all at once. And it's, it's confusing and it's tough to do. Your coordination isn't right. But once you get it, things become automatic. Problems that confront you, you can just deal with. You walk into into a sales job, okay, someone can teach you about this is the way things should be on the shelf. This is how you put this through the system. But when it comes to actually interacting with people and selling products, that's a knack that will come, but it will take time. Farming is exactly the same. Mm. There are bits that are, that the, the more you get taught, the more natural it will be, it will become. And that's why I really did get an idea of that and it's probably largely towards why I stayed is that I I actually did feel that I could pick this up. Things could become natural to me. I wasn't there yet, but I had that in other jobs. I mean, I didn't know anything about property before I got into property management, right? And that that, that was in itself a big learning curve. But then it got to the stage where I could walk around a house and go, okay, these are the issues that you know we, we need to fix right now. These are the issues that are going to come up in two months. And you know we want to start saving towards you know doing the roof at this point. You know, blah blah blah. I could do that after two years working in that industry. And in farming, I am probably now getting to that stage where instead of having to ask somebody, I can just say, right, okay, so this has gone wrong and this is how I'm going to solve it. And I can just go off and do it. And so it's it's getting that farm common sense. And that's probably almost a way to describe that gap of information, mm. right? That that sometimes a farmer forgets to relay is that sometimes you actually do just have to feel your way out of a problem. So you've been farming for two years now, is that correct? Just about two years, yep. Okay. What do you enjoy about it? Goodness. So um, there's lots of things I enjoy. Working outdoors for a start. Obviously, I'd spent a very long time working in offices and working outdoors has been Actually, surprisingly, somewhat of a challenge. Like you're obviously very exposed to the elements as a farmer, and I do like to challenge myself. So that's been really cool. I enjoy working with animals. 
Um, that was something I didn't know about myself. So that's been re- uh, really good. I think I've enjoyed just the the absolute learning curve that it is. So many things I didn't know that I didn't know I didn't know. Things I needed to know. I didn't know how to drive a manual car or you know, I didn't know what a clutch was in a car. I obviously ever driven a motorbike even. So all these different things that, you know, are things that you have to do every single day. I had no idea what to do, but I have really enjoyed learning how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think of yourself now as a farmer? Probably a bit self-deprecating. I mean, I, I, I would say probably almost. <laughs> I, I think one thing that I've figured out about farming is that, you know, you can be 10, 15 years in to the job and still be, be learning. Um, obviously, even then, you're, you're classed as a farmer. But, you know, I, I would say that I'm close to being in a position where I could advance into management. So I would say almost, almost. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Hey, so we've talked about some of the things you enjoy, and you've also touched on some of the challenges already. But, mm. you know, what have been some of the, the biggest challenges for you coming into dairy farming? Probably best just to sort of ex- explain my first few weeks in that. You know, when I first started, obviously, the listeners can't see me. I'm quite a skinny guy. You know, my, my strength levels were not high. And going into my first few weeks, uh, it was brutal, absolutely brutal. I started, what, two weeks into into carving, you know, wrestling with the calves, you know, all that kind of stuff. That was a huge challenge to try and build that strength. And, I, you know, after my first day, I came home and walked into my room, fell on my bed and slept until the next morning. You know, it was just, it was so brutal. That was probably the biggest challenge for the first wee while, and it, it's it's actually still a challenge. I'm I'm still trying to build my strength levels up to be able to do certain things on the farm, and it, you know, lifting all sorts of minerals and you know bags and, and and things like that. Something that some might consider very easy for me was very tough. And probably stepping back a bit, I think getting set up as well to be able to to do the job. I think farming is not just a new job. I mean, I've moved across jobs, right? And obviously, there's lots to learn and 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 whatnot. But I think when you're stepping from outside of farming into farming. It's not just a new job, it's a new lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that is something that um, perhaps there's a bit of an understanding gap between the two groups of farmers and non-farmers is that, you know, it is not just a change in job, it's, it's, it's a change in lifestyle. So getting set up, you know, I arrived in the Waikato, I think Friday or Saturday, and I was starting my job on Monday, which in hindsight was a stupid idea because I really needed to talk to people about what I, you know, had to have to get set up. And field days had just happened. And I went in on the Sunday to buy a pair of gumboots for the Monday and walked into, I think it was hunting and fishing, it was, because no one had any gumboots anywhere in my size. And so I had to end up buying these gumboots that were mostly fabric, which disintegrated within a week. <laughs> you know? So yeah, that, that gap, I think, as well of, um, of understanding of the different lifestyle that you're about to lead was a massive challenge also. Yeah. I think internet connectivity as well was a really big one. So I'm I'm a very social person and I come from an area where I have a lot of friends and that's an, a necessity for me. I'm very extroverted, you know. My idea of winding down is doing what we're doing now. And I, when I first got set up, I was very lucky that because I was renting a room, the place already had internet, right? So going into my um, next job after that, just fast forwarding for a second, that was a massive problem because I moved in. It, there was some issue with the internet and I was three weeks without internet. And as far as your mental health goes, when you're used to being around lots of people and all of a sudden you're out on a farm in the middle of nowhere with no way to talk to anyone except either your boss or your colleagues, that to me was so incredibly tough. That, that three weeks, even though I knew it was coming, was so incredibly tough. So yeah, I, I think probably more the lifestyle change was the one of the biggest challenges. Mm. Mm. So you started 
in carving season. Yes. And uh, you had all of these challenges. A lot of people listening will be surprised that you didn't chuck it in and head back to Wellington. <laughs> Why didn't you? I thought about it. <laughs> I really did. Um, during that two-week period, uh, when I first started, the fellow who got me into farming, I definitely called him up and said, what the hell have you gotten me into, mate? This, what on earth is this? And I, I, he was, <laughs> you could tell he was sort of even wondering himself, am, am I going to stick it out? You know, I stayed actually because I had a fantastic manager on that first farm, a guy named Ben. He was absolutely brilliant. He was very patient with me. I think he had an understanding of the fact that, of, of, of what a change this was going to be for me. So when I was kind of making the errors that I was making, and I made plenty, or in that first you know week when I was pretty much late almost every day because I could barely get up in the morning, he was very patient with me and understood. Um, he would point out things that I needed to improve on, and of, of which I knew there was many. That is probably why I stayed. Mm-hmm. That made all the difference. Yeah. Do you think it was possibly a learning curve for him too, in, in terms of going, oh, okay, here's somebody who doesn't know anything about farming. I need to change the way I communicate or how much information I give to this guy? I absolutely think it was. Yeah. I would say it was definitely a learning curve for the both of us. I would say through the different discussions that we had, yes, he left out bits of, of information that were probably quite important. And I definitely didn't ask the right questions um, all, all the time. And for the two of us, it was probably in hindsight very beneficial because it meant that going forward, if, if he had someone else in my position, he would know perhaps a little bit more about what to say to them. Yeah. And and for, for me, he really helped me get a broad understanding of things. Even if he wasn't able to give me all of the, the detailed information I need, he was really good at explaining why I was doing the job that he asked me to do. And that that's really important because that sets you up to go, I'm not actually sure which part of this job I now need to do, but I know that this is the goal I'm trying to achieve. So it's probably this. And obviously, if if it's risky, you make a phone call, but it sets you up to be able to um, take initiative, I guess. Yeah. Being such an extroverted person, how has it been for you forming a community? Have you managed to get a group of people around you in the area that you connect well with? Yeah, um, I have now. It was slow at first. I think when I first started, um, I was just so overwhelmed by everything that for the, probably the first time in my life, that was one of the last things on my mind. <laughs> I would say now, almost two years in, you know, I'm, I'm living in Tepahu now, which is a great area filled with awesome people. And as I think I've gone throughout the last year in that area, I've, I've gotten to know lots of folks. And as I say, there was a big gap where I didn't, and that was tough. So I'm, I'm very glad to be where I'm at now with that. Yeah, and you touched on the digital connectivity challenges. I just want to come back to that a bit. Where are you at now with that? What's your connection like? I mean, have you had to adjust your life according to that? Yes. So I have a good internet connection now, which is good where I'm living. So I'm not living on farm right now. And that's, you know, pretty much every day I go home and jump on a call with some guys and just have a yarn. <laughs> and, you know, and that's that's great because it lets me wind down after a day. You know, I, I like to bounce ideas off people or talk through things to, you know, if I'm stressed and that sort of brings me back down to being quite level and that's been good. One thing that's been actually shockingly appalling to me has been the lack of internet on farms, lack of cell phone reception and internet. Uh, it is disgusting, frankly. I think there was a Fed Farmers report done in 2022 where 20% of farmers said that um, they've got mobile coverage on only up to 25% of their farm. There's many reasons why that's appalling. I would say probably the biggest would be 
you know, I'm on my bike. Farmers said, you know, hey, can you shoot up the back of the farm and, and grab the second herd? I shoot up there, come off the bike, cut my leg open, I'm bleeding out. Oh no, you know, grab my phone to call somebody for help. No bars. <laughs> and no one realizes until 45 minutes later when the cows sort of haven't showed up and they're going, where's John? I think by successive governments, a massive underinvestment in rural infrastructure. I can't actually think of any job in an urban setting where it would be considered appropriate to be operating dangerous machinery or to be doing that whilst isolated with no one around you and not being able to contact anybody. You know, So the fact that this is happening across the country on you know hundreds if not thousands of farms is, is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. Mm. John, you've already shared some of your wonderful stories of not connecting the electric fence and buying the wrong gumboots and, and this and that. What, what are some of the other newbie moments that stand out for you, for, for good or for bad? Yeah, yeah. Um, so probably a good one was um, we had the herd on the pad uh, eating uh, after milking and we wanted to send them off to another part of the farm. Boss called me up and said... Um, you know, hey mate, can you can you send the cows over there now? I opened the gate and naturally let them go in the wrong direction. And the boss said, Oh, you know, that's fine. Just get them back and, and send them back the other way. And I said, Now that that is a daunting thing to think when you're not used to working with animals, right? What just just get them back, man? Like, you know, how do I do that? So I kind of ran around the herd, stood in front of them and just waved my arms <laughs> and was just shouting at them to turn around. And what I couldn't see was the farmer off in the distance going, what the hell are you doing? But I was, you know, and of course the ones in the front stopped, the ones in the back kept going because it's what, four or 500 cows. So what happened? They just split through the, <laughs> through the fences, both sides and into the paddocks. And I'm standing there going, oh my goodness, you know, what? now I know that I should have just opened the gate, let them in, turn them back around and, and, and send them back out the other way. You know, and, and that's just something you learn with experience. But yeah, that was, that was not a... Not a highlight of my um, what was my second job then, yeah. <laughs> mm. Mate, well, well done on, on staying in the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not making myself sound very confident, am I? <laughs> no, it was, anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in knowing, do you see yourself in dairy farming in five years from now? Yes, I do. Yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say I have a long-term plan, but certainly, you know, I've invested in, in dairy. I'm enjoying dairy. My sort of vague plan is that I want to own my own herd. I want to get into doing that and and all my effort at the moment is going into trying to upskill myself on the areas that I know I would need to do that but don't know currently. I would say share milking is probably my goal that I would want to reach first. I really have no idea from there but once I own my own herd we'll see how it goes I guess. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. How are you going about that upskilling? So I have actually just signed on with a new farm that I'm going to be starting with soon. And one thing I really stressed to them when I was going through the interview process was, hey guys, this is my goal. This is what I want to achieve. I'm not there yet. And, you know, there's lots of areas I need to work on. And these guys have actually been really good. So um, even just during the interview process, while they were sitting there explaining things to me, it was like I was just picking stuff up. You know, it was really good. And so I'm, I've really tried to position myself on a farm that has a priority to upskill their stuff. Because, you know, there are some farms out there and, you know, not necessarily through any fault of their own, but they're under pressure. And, you know, it's tough at the moment with, with short staffing and, you know, they're trying to um, just get the work done and absolutely understand that. But that, for example, probably wouldn't be the best farm for me because there's so much I still don't know. And I would potentially looking at it, I could create more stress than actually uh, solve it. Mm. So um, 
you know, I've, I've talked with these guys and that's been my strategy pretty much is just get myself onto a position where it's a good farm, good people who, who want to upskill their staff. That's a very important part of their focus. Yeah, cool. John, a couple more questions for you. Firstly, what are some things that dairy farm employers, so some of the people listening to this podcast, can do to get the best out of employees who are new to dairying, like yourself? What can they do to make it a success both for the new person and for themselves mm. as the boss? Be patient. Don't preach. Discuss. So when you're asking, uh, sorry, when you're explaining to someone how to do a job, do that. And then ask them if they understand what you're saying. That's very important. Uh, I know I was certainly a bit, I, I already felt a bit useless. So when people were explaining things to me, I am very guilty of the fact that sometimes I'd go, yep, sweet as. Really, I probably picked up about 70% of what they were saying and just hoped I could guess the rest. So be patient and just talk everything through with them. Really try and put yourself in their shoes because it's not easy getting into dairy farming when you've never stepped foot on, uh, on a farm. I think it would be good for the employer to try and create, and I hate using this term, but uh, a, a safe space for a employee who is already going through a real rough transition into farming to be able to ask questions and not feel judged, not feel like, oh, I can't believe this guy is asking such basic questions. You know, when you're starting a job, you don't want that. And I think also making sure that as a farmer, you are in a position to be able to commit the time to train somebody up like that. I mean, if you are super under the pump, you're low on staff, you probably do need to ask yourself, is this what I need right now? Or do I need to hire someone with experience? Or are you in a position where, hey, we'd love to take someone on who we can train up, you know, in the way that we do things to to grow them and also perhaps for us to get a bit of practice in managing staff who don't have any experience. It's finding that right matchup. Yeah. Yeah, really good points. I was also wondering, is there a thing where the uh, the boss mm-hmm. can make sure that the other go- the other people that you're working with are also on board with that in terms of helping you get up to speed? Massively. Colleagues can make or break a farm, I think. I mean, it's, it's the same with all jobs, really. But, but certainly in farming, if, if something goes wrong in farming, it can, it, it can ruin the whole day, right? I mean, and that's that's stressful. And so having colleagues who are not quick to anger or as an employer explaining to their colleagues, you know, hey, you guys may have grown up on a farm. You know, you, you, you might know all the ins and outs. This guy knows nothing. So you got to work with him, you know, on, on that. I work with a guy at the moment, Toltahi, and he's brilliant. He's, you know, if I'm really making a mistake, he'll call me and it's not, what the heck are you doing? You know, it's, hey, uh, you know, have you done this? And I'll go, oh, no. He's like, okay, that's all good. So this is how you solve that problem. You know, this is what we have to do now. And he's fantastic. Yeah, as an employer, I think it's important that you do have that discussion with your current staff. Otherwise, it's just going to end up with everyone getting angry at, uh, at each other. And it's, you know, had I had that in my first two weeks, I would have not stayed 100%, mm. you yeah. know. Yeah. That's great. Hey, and last question for you, John. For anyone who listens to this who, who might be in your shoes uh, a few years ago, so someone who's thinking about having a crack at dairy farming, mm-hmm. what can they do to make it a success for themselves, you know, maybe before they actually start on the farm? Is there anything they can do to set themselves up apart from getting the right pair of gumboots? Yeah, sure. Do a bit of research. First, I didn't. Uh, I probably should have. I know Dairy NZ has a lot of resources for for people who are looking at, at starting into farming, but there are certain aspects that I would say, look at it like it's any other job. Talk with the boss, discuss what their expectations are, have a yarn with them about what you think you have to offer, but really just have that discussion about, you know, I, I am so new and I can't stress that, that enough. Make sure that the farm that you're starting on 
is in a position to take on that kind of person. I mean, most farmers know, right? I mean, they they, they won't hire someone super green if they couldn't, you know, handle that at that moment. But I, I think it is really important. Contact people in the industry as well. So I was very lucky that um, the guy who got me into farming, he was very knowledgeable. But in the lead up to going into farming, I could ask him questions. You know, um, I definitely didn't ask the right ones. But, you know, he was probably pretty good in that. He knew I wouldn't. So he was able to convey a lot of stuff to me. I would say before you get into farming, find a friend, a relative, someone who's into farming and ask them about it. How do you find farming? You know, what do you think is important that I look for? That is super important. Yeah. And I would say, do be aware that it is not an easy transition, but it's a very rewarding transition. It's a fantastic industry. You'll have a lot of fun. You'll challenge yourself. You'll learn a lot, but definitely don't go into it thinking this is going to be a breeze because it is definitely challenging, but you get a lot out of it. You know, even if you come in for two, three years, the amount you'll change in that two or three years and grow it in yourself will be huge. Yeah. Hey, John, that's fantastic, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, a lot of really good points in there and uh, really grateful for your time today. Awesome. All right, thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for tuning into Talking Dairy. We hope you enjoyed the conversation with John. Go to dairynz.co.nz forward slash recruitment for tools to help you through the process of recruiting and orientating new staff. You'll find tips for interviewing candidates, a step-by-step guide to the orientation process, employment agreements, and more. Also, check out godairy.co.nz to see how DairyNZ is working to help attract people to our sector. Catch you next time.